Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest is a certified parent educator, bringing over 30 years of expertise in the parenting education field and through her business, Positive Parenting. She has helped many parents go from despair to hope with practical hands-on ideas. Simply put, she helps parents regain control of their homes and break the vicious cycle of yelling all day at their children through my Positive Parenting philosophies. Well, amen and thank God for that. That's what I need is to stop this vicious cycle of yelling at my kids all day, especially after we've been in lockdown for the last five months. Awesome. Hi, Debbie. Uh, Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Claire. I'm so excited to be here. It's great. (laughs) Hey, so look. um, Wow. We've spoken previously Mm -hmm. and... um, You've had a journey to get to where you are today and get to the positive parenting company, the business that you've got. So, hey, tell us a little bit about the last 30 years of (laughs) of parenting education, because blimey, I'm sure that's been a, I mean, educating children's hard enough, but educating their parents is probably double, doubly hard. I don't know. I mean, my dream was to help kids and I don't even work directly with kids. I work with the parents, but it turns out that's the most effective way to help children is to help their parents be better communicators with them. Uh, That just is part of my passion and how I think I got here. And basically what happened was I was in a battered women's shelter 30 years ago. I had three little kids. They were one, two, and six. And without going into all the gory details of it, it was in the battered women's shelter Mm. where I had my first parenting class. And they said, you can't spank your kids. And it's like, what, how are we going to, how am I going to discipline my kids? Because I equated the two as most people do. And it was 30 years ago at the end of the day. And like, I know when I was a kid and I was 20, 30 years ago, so, um, (laughs) Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. Um, you did. Like, that's, I've, you know, my mum had a God lover. Um, she would cringe for me saying this, but she had a little stick that she used to wrap us over the hands if we were really naughty. I never got it, but my brother got it once. She only had to threaten it. But yeah, no, we, right. I mean, we were, I was, I was spanked with a belt with wooden spoons. I mean, that was normal yeah. back then. And so the, the point they were making was that, I was in there because of violence and violence begets violence. Mm. And I, you know, I was, I was very young. I was in my mid twenties and, you know, I don't know any better. And, and so it was just quite a, a awakening for me. And I was concerned and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to discipline my kids? And the one really sweet shelter worker, she's like, if you feel like you need to spank, just come and get me and we'll talk it through. And the first day I was like, seven or eight times, Abby, you know, he's doing this and this and this, what do I do now? And, and, you know, Abby, she's doing this. And, and every time 
we would talk it through what my child was doing and what my options were of how I could respond. And I've, and after about a week, I started calling for her less and less. And suddenly I realized no matter what the situation is, I can always do something better than spanking or yelling. There's always some more effective way to discipline my child that helps them be better, do better, corrects their behavior and builds their self-esteem and doesn't harm them physically and and cause fear, which we now know using fear, fear fear-based discipline, using fear to discipline our children is counterintuitive and counter-effective. It doesn't work. So when you cause a child to be afraid, yelling at them, spanking at the, spanking them, it causes them to go into fight or flight. And that sets off a huge biochemical response, a cascade of hormones, stress hormones, and it shuts down their thinking brain. We're set up, humans are set up to go into fight or flight to escape danger like a tiger. And That's what fear does to us. It sets up the fight or flight response. And so if we use that to discipline our children, we're not engaging their thinking brain. We're only engaging their, their instinctive instinct, you know, their instinctive nature, their base brain. And so it's not helping us in the long run. They're not learning to do things for the right reasons and the higher thinking. And so it's really, really counter, it's really counter to what we want in the long run for them. So anyway, I was in that, in that shelter. And when I got out, I was, I was just like, I put together a parenting breakfast club and I had Abby come and teach us little lessons. My, my neighbors and I would get together and somebody would, provide the coffee and donuts and we each chipped in five bucks. And that's how I started. Like I was putting together my neighbors and and doing this. And then I finally got out of that relationship. Um, I was actually in the shelter two other times. So three times total over a year before I got out. I know now I have three small children. I'm working full time. I'm a single parent and barely making it. And I was doing volunteer work for the shelter and for another organization that was closely related called child abuse and neglect. And that was just part of my personal journey of healing and getting through. And we all, you know, mine slightly different to yours, but like, yeah, through, yeah, we, we all have different journeys and we all find ourselves in that single, single parentdom where, you know, we're sitting there trying to be mum and dad to, you had three kids, I've got one child and yeah, it's, it's all about, yeah, surviving. And it's quite interesting that you said it was really funny. I just, I've just come off a phone conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about the fact that how our lives were different previous to children and the fact that we're now both single parents trying to struggle through what we're trying to get through. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a, a weird. And I'm sure these journeys are there to bring us to positive parenting. So if you hadn't have dealt, dealt with what you dealt with 30 years ago, you wouldn't be here doing what you're doing now, maybe. No, probably not. Because I, you know, I, through the volunteer work, I realized I love this work. And through the classes that I took, because I would, I took a couple different parenting classes. And at one point I was working full-time in a law firm as a receptionist, making like eight bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour or something crazy. And, and I just said, God, give me work that I love that makes a difference in the world. And that lets me be home after school for my kids. Cause I, I just, that was really important. And this parenting thing kind of all unfolded and it took me about a, about a year and a half 
I weaned myself off of that job as I start my business, started my business teaching parenting. And uh, after about a year and a half, I started making enough money that I got my dream. I got to stay home, be after school for my children and um, was doing work that I loved and that made a difference in the world. And so, you know, I, for me, that was just my making lemonade I guess, out of lemons is what they yeah. say, but it, but it really did lead me to my life's work. And part of the parenting class, I teach people about how, what do you want your children to learn about making mistakes and how to how to do that. And, and for me, the biggest mistake I ever made, which was marrying the wrong person, it turned out to be my greatest gift. It led me to my life's work. Yeah. So how do I say, you know, I don't have regrets because of that. Like it was, it was meant to be my path. Yeah. And I, look, and I completely agree with you. I mean, um, like I said, with this conversation this morning, you do sit there and go, God, geez. You know, that revolving door as such. And you think, well, how different my life could have been. But, um, you know, if I had have p- chosen a different partner, same with you. If you chosen a different partner, you wouldn't actually be. The world is obviously moving you in a, a direction that it needs to nudge you in. <laughs> I think so. Uh, or you need to learn a lesson or something. And, um, yeah, I've sort of learned in the last two or three years to just sit in it and just let it move me where it wants to move me and I suppose it's moved me into creating a podcast um god knows where this goes but I'm I'm really enjoying it because I talk to interesting people like you and understand and and you know learn things myself about um you know what needs to happen to stop me yelling (laughs) at my kid so 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 moving on through, so then you then set up yeah, positive so parenting? Yeah, so I was working with the things that I had learned in the parenting classes that I had taken, both in the shelter and out of the shelter. Yeah. And I it was a, probably about a year later. And I can just say that I, from the time I was in the shelter where I stopped spanking, and, and when all that occurred, I was like, I'm not spanking my kids anymore. I mean, I made a, a decision a lot of people say I'll only use spanking as a last resort, but if you use spanking as a last resort, by the nature of that statement, kids' job is to push you to your limit. So if your limit is spanking, they're always going to push you there. So for me, it's important if you decide not to spank that you really take it out and say, I'm not willing to no matter what, I'll figure out something else to do because otherwise they'll, they'll push you to it. And so I had stopped spanking yeah. and and about, and I had all these tools. I mean, that's the fun thing about parenting classes. Once a parent, if, if you, if whoever's listening, if you've never taken a parenting class, take one, they're all different. They're all super fun. You'll learn something great in each one. And some of the stuff you'll have to leave behind because not everybody agrees with everything, obviously. And we shouldn't, we should have lots of different perspectives to draw from and choose what's right for, for us and for our family and our children. Well, our kids are different, yes, aren't very they, at the end so. of the day? And every per- like, we're all different, completely different human beings. You're different right. from me and my and my background and where I've come from. And our, our kids will be right. different. And our, and our values so, are different. And I think that's, to me, yes. more than anything, the most important thing. In my class, there's a session where I help parents uncover their top 10 values. And I always say, I like the parents to read those because all of us are different. We have different things that we value. And I like to tell parents, I'm not here to give you your values values. That's up to you. But what I'm here to do is help you 
get to your values, to see how are you shooting your own foot and achieving the values that you state that you want for your children? Mm. Because there's many ways that we parents, something as simple as most parents put on their list of values, honesty, like truthfulness is a huge value for most parents. Most parents do things like, you know, keep the extra change somebody gives or say, tell them I'm not here. Or, you know, there's all these little subtle ways that we, we model going against the own, our own values that we say that we want to teach our children. Yeah. And so when, yeah. um, one of the points I wanted to make about yelling, cause that's where this would started is I stopped spanking and I stopped yelling. And about seven months after I took my first class, I don't remember what was going on. I was probably tired, overtired and not, hadn't been doing enough self-care or whatever. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and I yelled at my son and this, he, you know, he's like a year yeah. and a half, maybe, you know, almost maybe 20 months old at the time. I forget. And, and I yelled and I, I look over at him and he has his hands over his ears and he's squinting, squinting his eyes shut and he's, he's cringing. And it's like, oh my gosh, that yelling hurts him. And when I was yelling all the time, like kids just tune us out, numb it out, blow it off. They don't yeah. feel it. But when I wasn't doing it continually, I could see the impact it had on him. And that more than anything else motivated me. When I saw that physical pain at me yelling, that that gave me the motivation to try even harder, to keep providing myself with tools and doing things so yeah. that I didn't get to that point. Yeah. See, I'm a yeller and my son will laugh because yeah, I, I'm a yeller. I'm I've never I've never spanked him, smacked him, done anything with him. Good I may you. have grabbed his arm and pulled him <laughs> into his bedroom to give him time out. But like, yeah. I've tried not, to, yeah, I've not done any physical, but the thing is, like you say, like he's yelling, especially if you've said to them four or five times, you know, maybe six or seven or eight times, you know, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please go and do X. And then you just get to a point where you're busy at work or you'll be, you know, and especially I've been five months homeschooling, working from home in a lockdown in Melbourne. So um, yeah, there are times where buttons get pushed and you go, oh my God, just please do what the teachers asked you to do or whatever. And I know it's, I know I shouldn't be yelling. I know it's not the most positive thing to do, but it is my go-to. So yeah. What can I do now to stop this yelling? Cause I desperately, I desperately, desperately want to stop yelling at my child. And there are times where I just go, right, I'm going to take myself off deep breath, take myself off. And I actually get him and me to sit and breathe together to calm each, oh, each other great. down because he gets hit up. So it's like we're bouncing off each other. And um, so, yeah. So what three things can we do right now? To well, I mean, me one yelling? is to track and notice. I, I would actually keep a log or a journal and, and jot down notes about when you yell, okay. because what you want to do is look for patterns. That'll be the first thing. And what do you notice? I mean, just off the top of your head, Claire, what do you think is one of the triggers oh, for you? you? Like, what do you think? When, when do you think you're most likely to yell? Probably at that time of the month. <laughs> but, okay, but it good, is. Good. My, I mean, yeah. that's a good but, thing oh, to know. I know. I know when I'm getting to that time of the month because my fuse is so much more shorter. So, you know, it might be that, you know, normally I would just patiently be saying, but then, 
yeah. And I and there's a, and look, thank God for my child. It's only a couple of days a, a week, but a, a month, sorry, not a week. Um, but you know, normally I'm very like calm and I'll keep it together. But then there's yeah, my, my few so two days. So this is great. Yeah. So this is great. So you know that that's the setup for you. That that's a time where you're vulnerable mm. to this. So so the first thing is making that commitment to yourself. Like I. You, you, you've just said it. I don't like doing this. I don't want to be a yeller. And so telling myself, like, I'm not going to yell no matter what. And, and being willing to mess up, like, you, you know, you won't be perfect. If you, yeah. if you mess up and yell, that's okay. You've made a mistake, but, but to be clear in your mind that you really want this. Cause I think some people, some parents are like, I don't, I don't think yelling's bad. I mean, it's like they, I get to the end of my rope and, and so, but I hear you saying you don't like it. And, and for me, I know it's bad. I know it's bad. And I think, and thank you for saying what you said, because I think we have to actually really emphasize straight away people. And I have been trying for some time. So I know it's bad because my son equates mummy yelling as mummy doesn't love him. Right. Um, I don't know. And it got like, when I first heard about yeah. it, it like gutted me. Cause I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Like you are the most important thing in my life. However, kids take on board all of that. It's all about me. So if mommy's yelling at me, she must be unhappy with me and must not love me because she's angry at me and all of these things. And so I'm really cognizant um, really cognizant that yelling is not the most constructive thing. It, he does take it on board and he does go, Aww. it's all about me. So mummy's yelling at me because she's not happy. And, and, and you like, don't mean to say, um, I don't love you. And I that's think, not what you're saying, but that's how he's inter- misinterpreting not, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because most of the time, mummy doesn't yell and mummy <laughs> is all cuddles and hugs and stuff like that. And then when mummy goes, oh, my God. Yeah, he knows mummy's. Uh, but he doesn't because he's so yeah. Well, he's six now. But he didn't know that it's just because I've asked you five times to blimmin do X, Y, and Z. Okay. So, right. So what we're talking about is figuring out those triggers. And for you, that time of the month, for some people, a lot of people say it's when they're run down or they're overtired oh, or they're hungry. Definitely. And there's usually well. a physical component to this, which is yeah. all of these. And so knowing that the number one thing to help us avoid yelling and be a better parent across the board in every way is doing the things to take care yeah. of ourselves. And I know we hear this all the time. Oh, you do. Yes. And I have right. a, I have that's a right. podcast too, the parenting pep talks podcast, these little three to five minute things. And the, the lowest listen to one is the one on taking care of yourself. And I don't know how I'm going to change that, but it's like parents, listen to this, do this because not just for you. I mean, it's for you, but it's for the purpose of you being a better parent. So if you Mm -hmm. know that those days are coming and I'm sure you do when they're coming, you get to do more things to nurture yourself and to take care of yourself. I knew a therapist who used to take three days off every month because she knew she wasn't at her best during those three days. And so she just scheduled those off. I mean, she just scheduled those off. Now we can't schedule off being a parent, but you could do some extra nurturing 
cut your hours back, do an extra, some, you know, do something for yourself during that time where you're most vulnerable. And, and if it really is, I mean, some of us get super hormonal, especially as our kids are getting older and we're going into perimenopause. So seek the support of, you know, your doctor, if you really feel, I know a lot of us start feeling super crazy when the perimenopause starts and, or, and even, and even sooner than that, just the cyclical, the cyclical nature (laughs) of us. I think I'm just super crazy once a month, all the time. And God knows, God help my child (laughs) with menopause because I'm on the precipice. but But we've normalized that. Yeah, we've normalized that, but really, Claire, there's a health component to it. And sometimes some extra magnesium or some extra, you know, who knows what it is, herbs. And to so to be in concert with your doctor and take care of yourself. If you know that we're a mom who, when you haven't eaten, you get extra cranky, keep food around, always have a snack. And this is true for our children too. I always have snacks when I'm going to pick up kids because oh. they're always hungry and they're always going to be a wreck. I'm the same way. So I always make sure I'm, I've got food around or I get nuts. If you're overtired, you've got to be patient with yourself. This is the worst time at night, especially for single parents. You're exhausted. Your child needs whatever they need. They're not going to bed and you have nothing left to give. I mean, that's one of the worst setup times is that time of night. And so finding ways you know, to nurture yourself enough to get through those, those parts of the, of the day. And look, yeah. And look, I completely agree. Like my son has been waking up at 2am every single day this week, which has just been like exhausting. Yeah. However, like some people say, oh, look, he really shouldn't spend, you know, like he gets up, comes into my room, goes, mommy, I've had a Aww. nightmare, which is not the case. I don't think at the moment, but like, it is what it is. So I just go, yep, okay, get in the bed. So he just gets into my bed and I put on a, we've got this, oh, it's a fantastic thing, Moshi Aww. Stories. Um, it's the app on the iPad. If you haven't got it, <laughs> get it because it's just the one thing he listens to all the time. He's been listening to it for three years. You put that on within like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, he's asleep. And so, and I'm asleep as well. So it's great because it just lulls me off to sleep as well. And that's what I do. And I know, and like, it's been every night this week. Um, so four or five nights of um, him getting into my bed. But as people go, well, he should be going back to his own bed at six. And I'm like, well, no, because I'm knackered. And that means I've got to get out of my warm bed, get into his bed, cuddle him down. Then when he goes off to sleep, I've got to get out, which is waking me up again. And get... So exactly like you said, my self-care for me at that point is, no, he just comes and sleeps in my bed for the night. I get some sleep. He gets some sleep, although it's disrupted once. Well, and here's the thing. What you're saying is so true. And, and for whatever reason, he's got this new thing going on. You're handling it in the best way for you, which is super important. So you're, you're doing what works for you and works for him at a certain point. This, if this becomes a habit that needs to change, what will happen is you'll start being resentful about it. And that's the time where you get to figure out what to do to get him back in his own bed. It's not now. It's yeah. not now where he's scared. You're nurturing him. You've got the whole routine up and you don't mind it. And you both go back to sleep easily. That's perfect. So the way yeah. that you as a parent will will evaluate these things is by your level of resentment versus 
being okay. And so anytime a behavior comes up that you're resenting, you're aggravated about, and you talked in the very beginning about telling them to do stuff 10 times, that to me is a signal that we need to sit down and, and like have an agreement, or I need to rethink what my expectation is. Am I having too high of an expectation of this child? Or am I having too low of an expectation of this child, which will mm. also create misbehavior? So there's, there's, I, I look at the, the things that aren't working for me as signs and signals that I need to make a change here. And so when things are working well, and I know what I'm doing is nurturing my child, I don't change it. So it's not until that child gets into bed and now you're aggravated and you're agitated and you're short and you're, you know, resentful. Now you get to step back and say, okay, Claire, it's time for me to figure out how to get this kid back in his bed because this ain't working for me anymore. (laughs) No, look, I completely agree. And there are times and like, like I said earlier, we've been in lockdown. Well, I've been in lockdown now for five months. There were times where like I've done exactly what you've said and sat there and gone, okay, this so isn't working. So I've had to sit down with him and go, right, this isn't working and mummy doesn't want to yell at you. I don't want you to yell at mummy. So how do we do this differently? Yes. So it's so trying to get him to own some of this as well. I know he's six. He's six. So you, um, that's a little but, bit of a big expectation. But you're having the conversations now that are setting the tone and leading the way for later. And also, if he comes up with some ideas as to, well, how do we solve this? Then maybe in him, he feels as though he's had an input yes. into things. <laughs> which so important like sometimes it it sometimes doesn't work and sometimes Mary's like look just do but we do and I and I am finding so the massive thing is he's now transitioning back to school because lockdown is going to be finished Thursday (laughs) hopefully and that's the big change so I think that's the change and why he's not sleeping is because he's going back to school so it makes so much sense makes so much sense and so so I've just had to sit there and go, right, it's going to be for the next two weeks. And then once we get back into the routine, we should be okay, hopefully. If we're not, then we need to actually just assess and look at, well, what's going on? You know, is there things that need to change in his room or whatever? But yeah, yeah. So, okay. So just recognize a bit more self-love is what you're saying around those times where get to bed earlier. If you're knackered, get to bed earlier. Go to bed when the kids right, have gone to bed. Exactly. And yeah, and do I sometimes do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. If he goes to bed and I go, well, there's no point. I like why well, sit up and watch stuff on TV or whatever. And I, I'm knackered and I don't really want to work. So um, let's just go straight to bed, read a book and then go to sleep. And it might be nine o'clock at night or whatever, or half past eight, but I get a night's sleep. Right. And that's important. Yeah. And so self-care and then providing yourself with additional tools. So Mm. listening to, to parenting tapes or books or taking a parenting class, listening to podcasts on parenting like this and getting ideas, the more ideas that you arm yourself with, the more likely you are to seek a different idea out than yelling or spanking. When you're yes. in, when you're faced with this situation, the most important thing is that you have ideas to draw from when the child's doing something. So definitely the first step is to take those deep breaths. Oh, oh, I'm about to yell. 
take a deep breath, you know, let me see if I, if I could take that cleansing breath and allow a new idea to come in. If you have not armed yourself with ideas because you don't read any parenting books or you don't listen to any parenting tapes, you're only stuck with what you grew up with and what you know. And, and when you're under stress, you're going to, you're going to, your instinct is going to take you back to the most ineffective forms of discipline that you ever learned. I mean, that's just the nature of this thing. And, the, and it's the, it's how parenting works. Like our kids are going to trigger and, and, and rip off every scab on every wound in us psychologically. And that's, that's just the nature of this beautiful thing of parenting. And then we're actually going to go from a fight or flight perspective as well then, aren't oh, of course. we? Because we're in a frustrated, angry, button-pushed aspect. So we then go back to like what we've known, fight or flight or whatever. And it's very hard to break that dynamic, which I think is what, like what you said earlier. It's very, very important to go, hey, you're not going to be perfect every blooming time. Right. This takes work. It, it, it is like being a parent is work. It's yes. like being in a relationship with your partner. You're in a relationship with your child. So it's going to take work. And they go through all different stages. God help us when the teenage stage hits. <laughs> but they, you know, they go through all these different stages that we have to adapt to and recognize that they're little human Absolutely. beings as well. And that's a great thing. When you can learn these ideas when they're younger, it arms you and prepares you. I loved having teenagers. To me, that was the most fun time. And I've taken in oh, foster kids before and I take in teenagers. That's what I love. The little kids, I mean, I love yeah. little kids, don't get me wrong. And I have grandkids and I help a lot with them. And Little kids, I find super exhausting because you're setting all of this, all this framework up and it takes a lot of self-discipline. It takes a lot of consistency. There's very little positive feedback. You know, they don't say, oh, thank you for providing healthy limits and boundaries for me. (laughs) Like none of that, that, there's nothing there. It's it's exhausting. But what you're doing and what I did was bought myself way more on the back end. So when you do positive parenting, which takes so much effort and work when they're young, it buys you way more freedom later and way way more support and a much yeah. better relationship and everything gets easier and easier. It does not get harder and harder. That's a myth that people that people mistakenly go in thinking that, oh, this is going to be bad because they're going to be teenagers. That's not necessarily true. Teenagers are amazing. They're passionate. They have so much energy. They can do so many things. We're never going to be as passionate again in our lives as we are when we're teenagers about our beliefs. And it's just a beautiful time. And, And if we know how to navigate that, we can do a much better job of it. Yes, yes. No, that no. And that's fair enough. Look, I, right, look, I have an amazing son. We were playing Lego the other day and he turned around and said, wow, mummy, you're such a good helper with this Lego. Right. And I was like, wow. OK, well, maybe, maybe like, you know, I'm going down the right avenue. Well, and the so, thing is, like, where did he learn to say that? He learned that from you. He's mimicking what he heard from well, you. Let's hope yes. so. Absolutely. No, I can hear that in his voice. Yeah. He has a parent who told him, you know, you're a good helper because he wouldn't have that languaging yeah. otherwise. And so they're going to repeat wow. back the things that they would hear from us, good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. And look, he's had, look, all of the aspects of his little life, he's, was at daycare and he is at family daycare and his school is awesome and stuff like that as well. So all of those little aspects help as well. But yeah, no. Okay. So trying to recap now. So point one has been look after yourself. Yes. What else can we do? 
I've said three points, so I'm determined to get these out so I can. Yeah, arming ourselves with parenting tools. And then taking a deep and breath. And taking a deep breath is big, huge. Yeah, yeah. And then, what? okay, so what can we do? So, Because I'm also, I also look at it and go, if you haven't got that relationship with your child, if you're just throwing toys at them or shoving them in front of TV, that doesn't sort of help with the relationship yelling situation with the child either, I'm thinking. No, and we have a saying, and it's mostly for the teenagers, but it's rules without relationship equals rebellion. So you really have to have connection. You have to have closeness. And so I absolutely agree. We've got to connect with our kids. And when I am going to tell my kids to do something, and I rarely do that. I mean, I teach parents to ways to be much more, (laughs) yeah, to be much more finesseful in that. Because if you tell them what to do all day long, they they just tune you out. But if I'm going to, if I need to make a communication with one of my children, I'm going to actually stop what I'm doing. I'm going to get down on their level. I'm going to touch them like maybe on their shoulder or stroke Mm. their hair or some gentle loving touch. I'm going to look in their eyes and then I'm going to say, I want you to walk when you're in the house, you know, instead of running around or whatever, whatever the directive is. And I'm going to say it one time, super clearly and super connected. So that's how I avoid telling them 10 times, which gets me ramped up which then causes me to go to yelling. So I want to make that connection because most of the time our kids are running around and you've got a six-year-old, he's running around, oh, he's down here God, somewhere yeah. at two or three feet. We're up here at five or six feet. We're running around and we're never connecting. You know, we're blah, 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 blah up here and they're la, 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 way down there. And there's no connection happening. So if you really want your child to listen to you, you got to get on their level. You, you have to make a physical connection. You have to make eye contact connection and a smile on your face. If you can, we can win so much, so much cooperation with our smile. Parents, mothers, especially forget to smile at our children. We get so wrapped up in the aggravation of it all that we run around with this miserable mom face all the time, like scowling. (laughs) It's like the mother's scowl. And and we don't mean, no, we don't mean to. It's just a hard, it's hard. Right. It's not. But but let me tell you, Claire, if one of your friends knocks on the door, you open the door and you're like, hi, you know, like you have this big smile on your face and you can drum it up, drum it up for your children. When you're with your children, remember to shine that smile. Nothing will melt their little selves more than mommy's smile. They love to see you happy. And that will provide so much in the way of cooperation is just remembering to keep it light, have fun, play, smile, enjoy this journey. It does not last that long. I mean, it's done before you know it. No, I know. I know. (laughs) I can't believe the six years have gone by like they have. Yeah, it's it is yeah. frightening, really. How yes. quickly life goes. <laughs> and soon, give him another ten years, and he'll be I have five grandkids. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, oh, it's it's just scary. I cannot believe that we are going to be in November in ten days' time. Like, well, eleven days' time. So, um, yeah, it's another year. Admittedly, another COVID year, but another year that we've just gone through. Just like, psh. so yeah, no, I completely agree. So look. Okay, so you then, with everything that's gone on, like you've set up the positive parenting, which is, um, oh my gosh, there's so much, there's so much you've got on the website that you have, which is positiveparenting.com. 
you've got a you do a podcast which like gives parents advice and you know various different other things you've got a blog um you do courses as well there's courses that you've got yeah on there so there's as well. an online self-directed class so you can go online and just buy yeah. that and it's it's recorded classes it used to be just I did classes over the phone and now I have the Zoom videos up because I did classes during the pandemic as well. So yeah. we've got Zoom classes. So you you watch those. They're broken up into 44, 20, 30 minute lessons. And mm. so you can watch. And those. what do they cover? Everything. What, what everything cover regarding off? discipline and behavior. Everything that you can imagine. We start off with understanding why our ch- children do what they do. So understanding their personality de- development, what affects it, why, you know, w- what is sibling rivalry and sibling fighting do with our with our kids? What is our mm. parental style and what is our parental response? How does that affect their personality development? And then we go into self esteem and encouragement and. All, all, everything related to communication, which is what I love, and all the ways that we communicate effectively and ineffectively. And then we talk yeah. about the heart of the program, which is understanding why kids misbehave and what to do about it. So a systematic way to approach discipline. Every time our child misbehaves, we can assess why they're misbehaving and then provide corrective measures to that to that misbehavior. Then we talk about handling feelings, team building, understanding how to, you know, create a really good cohesive team. And then we go into um, just other, like I do a really fun exercise at the end is to see how we learned everything <laughs> and how, oh, okay. how we can do. Yeah. And so there's just a lot to it. And, and it, um, it definitely will transform parents' world. And, mm. you know, many parents make different decisions when when you realize just how important this is and that this time is limited you know you've only got this 15 20 years where you're doing this I know, it's scary. and so you want to do the best job you can and provide yourself with the best tools that you can and so that to me and you know that to me makes it worthwhile like I just want to do the best and just show me like I remember yeah. in that in the in the shelter I, I was so fascinated it's like just show me what to do this opened up a whole new world for me of the way to parent because I didn't yeah. want to yell anymore and I didn't want to spank anymore and it's but it's like I didn't know what to do just show me what to do and some of these things are so easy and simple but none of us know them or we wouldn't think of them until we learn them no, and um, that's one of the reasons I set the podcast this podcast up is because, well, let's face it, being a parent is blimmin' hard, right? Yes. Being a single parent is blimmin' blimmin' hard, right? <laughs> right. So, and I'm not, I'm, you know, it's because parenting is hard, right? These little people have their own thoughts, their own views. They do things for certain reasons. They're not being no. naughty, you know. They, they're doing things for that reason. And for me, it was about I, I needed tools I needed to speak to people like yourself Mm -hmm. I wanted to help I wanted to help people and educate and give them um places they could go to get the tools to put in their toolbox so that they could help their children become whole rounded individuals when they grow up and my biggest concern when I became a single parent was everyone said to me, oh, single parent. Well, that's your kid's future, like down the drain, really, because, you know, single parents of, um, you know, children who come from broken homes will have all these problems, you know, that they'll be bad at school, they'll be drug addicts, they'll be, you know, they'll abuse, they'll, all of these other different things. And I'm like, well, not my kids, 
because I want to be able to stop that cycle, break that cycle. Look, I'm, you know, I'm, it's a learning curve. It's, I'm not perfect um, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, yeah, I'm trying my best. And I think that's all you can do as any parent is try your best yeah. to try and bring up exactly. your person with the least issues because you can't like you can't eradicate all of them but you know because there are going to be their interpretation of you know they're going to have their own hurts traumas whatever um mummy yelled at me doesn't love me and all of those things that I have to deal with myself but you know like yeah it's about then go trying to correct those sort of things and correct right and not being are. the main source of their trauma you know I just I don't I think that you know, that was definitely part of my motivations for breaking the cycles of, of different negative parenting yes. that I had learned. And, and yeah. And, and I just, I, i I know for me, that was part of teaching the classes. It's like, I, I was between classes, I would start becoming crazy mom again. Like I had to, I, I taught from this standpoint of we teach best that which we most need to learn. I really needed this. And so I was yeah. a really good teacher. And, you know, it wasn't until my kids grew up that I was like, oh, no kidding. This is amazing. And now I, the reason I've become expert at it is because they're grown and I can see, no kidding, this had a great impact. And, and if it wasn't for this, I don't know where I would be in my relationship with these kids. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think all parents deserve to give themselves the best that they have to offer their children. And, and you have to go outside of your, you know, your own history in order to do that. Yes, I, look, I agree, because I think, like we'd said at the beginning, you've been brought up a certain way and you, that's the only way that you understand. You've yeah. had no other influences right. within that. And right. so um, it's about breaking that cycle as such, understanding yourself, understanding who you are as a person uh, and being a better person yourself so that your children that can then be better little individuals or not so little individuals as your children are now grown up with their own kids, right. but you know, moving forward um, from there. And um, yeah, no, look, I, I, well, I love the fact that you're stopping that crazy cycle of yelling at your kids. It's just awesome. Ha so can people contact you via the website if they want to talk to yeah, you Yeah, via more? the website for sure. Do you have Facebook and all of that stuff? Yeah, there's oh, a Facebook Instagram. page for Positive Parenting. There's Instagram. Um, I'm at Positive Parenting Debbie on Instagram. And um, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm out there. And my podcast is Positive Parenting Pep Talks. So it's it's three to five minutes a day, just little shots. Awesome. Just get, wake up, listen to the podcast, get a little hit of some inspiration. I do all different topics, different one every day and they're short. So if you're in a hurry, you've got five minutes to listen. Which is great because you can be doing the kids lunches in yep. the morning and have pop Debbie on. That's right. And um, three minutes of wisdom and you're out the door. There you happy go. mom, happy baby. That's right. No, that's brilliant. <laughs> Look, thank you. Thanks ever so much for coming on board and talking to us. I do have one final question, which is what, Debbie, would your superpower be if you could have you know, one? Like when you, we were talking about this and I was thinking about this as you um, – we're wrapping towards the end here. And really what I would, what I occurred to me is I would love to be able to go inside of everybody and just heal those old wounds that cause us to lose, lose it. I mean, if I could just, 
if I could just say you're healed, like that would be my, I would love to have that superpower. Cause I, you know, I think people, myself included, like, I don't try to be a, a bad parent. I don't try to mess things up, you know, but I have hurt inside and that's what it came, it came from. And so, you know, I was able to heal me enough through the, the things that I learned and what I did. And, and some parents, for whatever reason, don't even know to search for that, to search for that healing. And so I wish I could just help everybody do that. Well, some, I think, you know, in talking to, uh, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people on, on this podcast and talking to some of those people, like people um, are traumatized or, you know, have been through hurtful experiences as a child but bury that so deep or you know there they've been you know we have a saying in Australia it's like have a cup of concrete and harden up and it's sort of although like I used to use it and laugh about it I don't use it now but like it is a bit like that it's like oh you know harden up cover it up and we're and we're in Australia we're renowned for like just she'll be all right just you know don't deal with it and deal with it you know in in that sort of sense you know bury it and it'll be fine if you don't think about it it'll be okay and we'll keep going and I you know globally I think that's now changing thank god and and we're now getting away from that we're now enabling people to open up and um I've just recently been watching The Maid on Netflix which just opened my eyes to uh, it's such an awesome program, but it opened my eyes and there's a lot of chatter going on about this program on single mum vines and various different other um, groups out on Facebook because I've been four years out of a relationship that I was in and I forgot because I, in a way I buried it because I've just got on with life, forgot what I went through and it opened your eyes and you go, wow, okay, yeah, okay. I've come a long way in the last four years of what I was acceptable to me to what isn't acceptable to me now. And it's great. But there was still other stuff that I was needed to working through, obviously. Right. And so. what happens is the places where we're hurting inside, those are where our children can push our buttons. And I think that's Mm -hmm. my motivation for wanting to help parents heal that so that their buttons don't get pushed so that they don't feel like they have to lose it so much. And then their children will have the benefit of sane mom rather than crazy mom. And that's my my dream for everybody. And, And I think what you're doing is very good because although you're working with parents, it's, it's the, it's the working with parents. Cause I think if we fix what we're dealing with as parents, like you've said, um, it then helps. Well, our kids children. are perfect. Children are yeah, they're slates. perfect. They're yeah, they're just they're slates. born good. They're 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 perfect humans, and there's nothing wrong with them. And so when I get a yeah. parent who wants me to fix their kid, you know, I can barely gently start working mm-hmm. with them because there's nothing wrong with the child. It's like if we start doing things differently, our children will fall in line and do things differently as well. Yeah, no, that's. No, look, that is an awesome superpower. And I wish we could do that for everyone in the world. Everybody. There is, yeah, it, we, I think then we would be a more peaceful, more um, for sure. huggy, a more huggy world. Yes. <laughs> I think we need to do more hugging yes. and more like listening. More hugging. And less talking, which is typical because like I don't shut up. But um, no, no, <laughs> that's brilliant. Look, thank you so much. It's evening where you are and morning where I am. So thank you for coming and talking to us your evening time. I hope it's not too late where you are. And um, yeah, look, thank you. 
for coming and joining us and telling us all about everything. I'll post the links and everything to your website in the um, podcast blur Thank that you. attaches to this. And um, yeah, awesome. thanks. Hope you have a good rest right, of your you take evening. Take care of yourself. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.